Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Deuce, Season 2, Episode 4, it's called What Big Ideas. So, full spoilers for the episode as always. So, obviously the uh, the title refers to something that Harvey says to, to Candy, uh, where he's paraphrasing the, you know, what, what big eyes you have. Uh, with the, what big ideas you have um, and Candy's still trying to get her movie made she's working on the story, the script or well, she she attempts to work on a script and very quickly realises and then goes, screw it, outsource yes, I'm not a writer, I can't do this and she, she hires some fresh film student <laughs> dude to, to come in and write the script based on her ideas uh, fine idea, although the end of the episode kind of like says okay we'll have a script for sort of the, the setups but the end of the episode kind of implies that she might be warming up to the idea of letting the the actors be more comfortable to get a better performance by just saying what they feel what it feels natural to them you know a bit of improv yeah. rather than uh, strict dialogue and this all comes out from, from from great humor because larry is trying his hat uh we opened the episode actually i was laughing the opening shot of the episode with him doing the poses was already making me laugh great yeah, he's doing all the all these big cheesy grins, and my favorite part of all this, I think, is the fact that Darlene's kind of there as his manager almost, <laughs> just kind of sitting all over. She's just there, just do what he says. Yeah, reading reading a book, munching on some snacks. Um, She's like so casual, like I don't really care what's going on. Yeah, uh, and then the guy's like, "Hey, you're here for headshots? Give me give me some intense. Stop with the smiling." And she she starts laughing like oh you look oh you look angry you look terrified scary sexy scary but but scary, uh, and then the guy's like right okay drop drop the pads yes after all you you you're, you know these are headshots for a porn shoot you, we have to we have to see everything, and he he's hesitant he's he's like I I, I spent time picking out these 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 leather trousers here spent fifty nine ninety nine on those he was very specific about that yes, uh, which in nineteen seventies money, even more so. Yeah, yeah, it's probably too much. Probably more than they're worth. Hell, I probably would spend fifty nine and nine on on a pair right now. But you know, which is why I definitely wouldn't. And seventies money, that's a lot. So, but he's hesitant. And it's what, what I think is interesting about this is obviously we had the scene with him and Candy a few episodes ago about him giving up control, and the idea that he's been told to show the goods for for work. Now he's the one who who's who's having to show himself and. Uh, obviously, it's not it's not to the same extent that the girls have had to do, but it's very symbolic. I feel this this scene of him actually making this choice and saying screw it and taking off the trousers. It's, it's almost like an acceptance that times have changed and he has to do different things. And he obviously he's already been trying to to an extent, but this was the the line. This was him actually taking the the step over, if you will. Yeah. In terms of his emotions, um, and what I thought was funny, it was kind of hiding his actual dick, right? It was kind of just showing, you know, the, the you see the the, the trousers yeah. on the floor. And the, the the photographer, you know, has a line about it being big. Reacting to it, yeah. And I was like, this is weird if we don't see it. Just given how much we see in this show, it's weird if we don't see this. But to the show's credit, it was holding it back to the final shot. And this is this is the thing. I feel like if you tell the actor, right, uh, that, oh, by the way, that's, that, that shot where we finally saw your dick was hilarious. That that might sound hurtful, but it's, it's got nothing to do with the dick itself. It's to do with how they present it and how they build up to it. And then his cheesy grin. It just grin. sits on it for ages yeah. before it goes into the, the, the titles. It's the smile. It's the way he's smiling at the camera as he's doing this yeah. pose. It, it just, it broke me. It, it was really yeah. well done comedy uh that opening it scene it was really good Call it, it, no point. i agreed I, I was like are we not seeing this this is weird because it feels 
verging on sexist at that point to be like, no, no, okay, we'll, mm. we'll show you all, all the girls all the time, but no, no, not the not the dudes. Yeah. And then it's like, no, oh, here you go, right in your face. Yeah, right in your face in all its glory. <laughs> um. So so now that was a really good opening scene, and then, but the end of the, the episode, you know, Candy uh is trying to work in there she's talking to harvey harvey's skeptical and he's making fun of like all of her big ideas because she's like oh let's go let's go up north and shoot in an actual forest i want trees damn it and he's like well we need night lights for that we don't have those we need all these extra things and it's all this Budget extra money spiraling yeah um she wants to rent a cabin and then get all the crew and cast to stay in the cabin I appreciate the ambition, quite frankly. I, I, I know the feeling of this. Yeah, yeah. There, there may have been once upon, a, once upon a time doing student films where some crazy ideas like this might have entered my head of like, oh, let's just go somewhere. Let's just rent a, like a house for a, a week and shoot something somewhere else. And and then you looked and were like, nah, screw that. Well, there's a, if you're really good at speaking to people, you can convince all the cast to chip in to pay for it. <laughs> and it almost happened. It almost happened. I'm just saying. <laughs> because because uh, so what you're saying is you are not good enough to convince them um i was close like i, I feel like see the thing at that that stage in your life though when everyone's a student and they're all just the idea of being in something good is more important to them than being paid <laughs> right it just that, that's yeah, more of a, yeah but then then you realize they're all students they're all poor they're all poor yeah that's the biggest problem that everyone's poor uh at that age that's that's the biggest problem but uh, I appreciate the the notion. Uh, also, Candy's having a having a, a romance, if you want to call it that, with the other editor dude. Mm. Very casually, yeah. just the way he sort of introduced it in this episode. He's just lying in the bed, and then later on, they're kind of kind of flirting in in the office. And Harvey's just like, "Oh, come on, guys." Yeah. Okay. He's just like, "Really?" While while we're trying to do work. Yeah, yeah. If, if Anthony doesn't even acknowledge it, he just kind of complains that he's having to pay for a writer. He's like, "We're paying for a writer who doesn't work here already." What? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, so she had she had one else in the middle uh, with her son uh, that brings up the idea that he like there's a risk of him maybe like seeing her in something because he's starting to get to that age where he's looking at porn, uh, and his his grandmother's upset that she found a penthouse under his mattress. It can be so i don't give a shit yeah as you'd expect candy's like yeah that's pretty normal for a kid at his age you know put it back <laughs> put it back let him have his magazine <laughs> poor boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like do you, do you, she's like do you know how hard it is to come across those at that age just let him have it my favorite part though is which is unless you want to keep a hold of it and then the look that she <laughs> gives her impl- implying <laughs> that she has any sexual like uh hunger at all like she's appalled at the notion what you telling me I get yeah. horny? How dare you? How dare you? I don't get horny. I'm an old woman. Um, yeah, exactly. But that was funny. Uh, but coming back to the comedy, because Larry's actually in a scene. He's 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 a he's a, he's a, uh, a prisoner. Prisoner. Yeah. I, I was looking for the word. I was I was I was going to say Pris- convict. Prisoner Dicky. Con- convict felt too. I don't know. Formal. <laughs> prisoner. He's, he's got the classic black and white stripes on, all the rest of it, and you've got this the sexy lady cop, uh, and that's kind of the scene. And he's he is ter- he's a terrible actor. He he can't get the lines out. Oh, he's out atrocious. For, for the life of like him, five sentences and just like nope. Yeah, and Joe, you know it's funny. The entire time I was thinking, I was it feels uncomfortable with these lines. I'm like, just, just let him say what he wants Change to say. The lines. Yeah, yeah. Let, let him just say his own lines. Um, and that's kind of what they get to. It's actually, and Joe, you know I think is really interesting about this is that things are changing. Darlene's kind of taking care of him. Cause she comes over, she comes over to uh, to Candy and says, "Hey, don't make this a big thing." But he's not really good at reading, so 
Uh, I usually go over his lines with him, and she try. She's basically mothering him here and like making sure that like, he's not mistreated. How and- long till he realizes and hates it? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is a that's yeah his ego might get hurt and that could be that's a potential problem absolutely but and i thought it was interesting that you know it, it's, it's this the complex relationship like some of the pimps have with the girls where like there is this mutual kind of need for each other in some ways that, that kind of exists even even if yeah, yeah. they are being taken advantage of and they're but she, she is trying to help him and i thought that was an interesting little t- it was kind of sweet almost her trying to like look out for him in, in this scene. Yeah, you, you kind of have a similar thing going on with uh, with Cece and Laurie in, in some of the other scenes. Yeah, but... Not Lar- the same, but yeah, a but similar style of relationship. To compare it to mothering, Laurie is kind of your kid that you've got some hope for, but he's a bit he's a bit dim. Cece is the kid who might burn down the school and you should be terrified that he's going to stab the mother in the neck. <laughs> right? That That's the difference yeah. between the two but, of them. But in both times, you have the girls being like, okay, I'll sell it out. Yeah, I'll calm him down before we bring him back to set next time. Yeah, that was like that was yeah. literally a line of dialogue. Yeah, at one point uh, with Laurie, uh, but you know, she has this idea. Uh, like, I just let him do the lines. Just let him do the lines. And sure enough, and actually, as funny as the opening was, I don't think I laughed as hard as as she tells him to do the improv, and the actress is kind of like improv. Uh, and then he's like, "Larry, just say whatever you need." She goes up and whispers to him, "Just say whatever you need to get her to come out of this cell and take her clothes off." And he turns around and just goes, brace yourself. And the actress looks terrified. She makes this, she says this little squeal. She was like, mm. <laughs> she's just scared. And then, and then he just comes out with it and it's like, yeah, that'll do the trick. And what's funny about it is that I, I love that it's, the fear here is not, nothing to do with the sex. Like the sex is something they already knew they were doing. The fear here is the acting. And I, I love that yeah. because most people, I mean, most, I mean, obviously most people have like a problem with being on the camera and, you know, being in a, like a public, you know, viewpoint like yeah. that but uh but most people are terrified of other people seeing them naked they're terrified of doing sex you know in front of anyone that kind of thing um but it's one thing to say no that's the thing they're used to they're normal that's normal to them like, they, they don't care it, it's the it's the acting properly <laughs> that's terrifying them and that's that's funny yeah you. so no, it's funny that's really cool uh so that, that, that was, had a lot of funny moments it did have a lot of fun had a lot of dark, dark, serious moments as well in the other plots but th- this plot oh, yeah. had, had some rollicking good times Mm, so definitely. good. Uh, we mentioned Laurie and CC. It's probably worth jumping over to them and getting their stuff done. Uh, basically, CC might be the guy who invents the POV porn scene. Uh, yeah, I thought that was weird. I was like, really? I mean, I know obviously this is not necessarily like it's based on general the general truth of what was going on at the time, but it's not like these characters are actually you know directly based on. They're not based on yeah. people, as far as I know. As far as far as I know, but uh, if you if you tell me a pimp in the seventies came up with the POV scene. <laughs> sure and it's funny because on the one hand i'm thinking why wasn't that the first thing that a porn movie tried but then on the other hand i'm thinking well pov scenes in movies weren't even really much of a thing at that point at the time because if you keep in mind uh this is set in what 76 77 this season um yeah this is around the same time because uh, rocky was 76 and rocky i didn't have a pov scene but rocky was the first big movie to have a steady cam shot in it and you know they go up and down the stairs, and that wowed everyone at the mm. time. And then Halloween was the movie that had the the Steadicam POV shot. And obviously, it's not the same thing as a porn scene. But I'm wondering if the reason why POV didn't immediately come to people's minds is because regular movies weren't really doing it yet. That yeah, much. I don't know if it's so much that it's, it's it's just that they're trying so hard to be actual movies, even though they mm. all know, yeah, yeah, this is a porn flick. They're like, no, no, this is still a legit movie. Even the cheap ones, they they still release them in theaters as okay, no, this is a movie. 
Well, that's because at the time they had to release them. There was no... Exactly. Yeah. So they are doing traditional things of, okay, we shoot from this angle. You know, they're still following a lot of those rules, even for the porn. Yeah, because basically they're, they're failed filmmakers, right? Like the idea that Harvey's actually yeah. a bit of a film buff and he was late to be making real movies, but he's he's fallen into this and this is what he does. Um, exactly. So he still cares about everything else, even though he still has the attitude. No, it has to be about the sex. It has to always be about the sex, but he still well, wants yeah, to talk about themes man. and he still wants to talk about, you know, why he's doing his shots yeah. and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, so... You know, but hey, so that, that that was interesting. But yeah, he basically gets really angry because he's laughed at uh, the CC when he suggests this. Uh, it's actually later on the, the, the director kind of laughs at him. Uh, and, and, and in our heads, we're going, "You idiot!" Yeah, that, that's gold. This is like the most popular form of porn, right? <laughs> Get on it right now. <laughs> this is, this is... It's like you can be Joe trailblazing. You know, go on, taking the industry by storm. Yeah, and they laugh him out the room. He's just CC's ahead of his time. Yeah, it's also easier. There's almost no editing involved. <laughs> you just do it all in one take. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> this is streamline, yeah. streamline the entire thing. Uh, also, some amusement here is the the guy was trying to fluff himself. Uh, they're having this argument about the camera guy who's breathing too heavily, and Laurie thinks he's it's getting off. Comically breathing. Yeah, he th- she thinks he's getting off, and he's been like turned on by the scene, but he's actually like got asthma. Uh, but she's annoyed at him for for making noise. And they're trying to get back to the next take, and the guy's like trying try to get himself up and going. Yeah. And, and he's like, all right, okay, I'm good. And then, like, 20 seconds later, it's like, all right, cut. Yeah, the big guy knocks over the palm tree. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, <laughs> it's a whole thing. So, but of course, Laurie goes to uh, her potential new agent who wants to represent her, doesn't want CC involved, but kind of comes to this compromise, but they're both kind of still with her. Uh, but when she's representing her for jobs, Cece's not allowed to be there. And she's like, I'll tell him if you want. And she's like, no, nah, don't do that. Are you going to tell him? No. <laughs> and the left kind of yeah. in this, this stalemate. Uh, I, I did like her point of, you know, it's like, well, when you were just a, a whore and you were, you were having sex with someone, he's not in the room there. Yeah. And he was fine with that, leaving you just to, and, and trusted you to bring back the money. So why should he be there all the time there now? No, it makes sense. Um, but of course, again, all of it, this is just CC trying to take control. And what I thought was interesting, though, is like CC for a second there with his idea was kind of not doing the same thing as Larry, but he was kind of adapting almost a little bit. He was having ideas how to improve this, almost like he was trying it, to be it's, relevant. It's the first time he's felt like he was actually into it rather than just sat in the background making snide comments. Yeah, but of course, when he tries to inter- inter- interact and tries to give an idea, he's shot down and then later laughed at, which hurts his feelings, hurts his ego, which again, it's all about the ego. Just making him worse. Yeah. yeah. How, how, how dare anyone hurt his ego? <laughs> exactly to- toxic ego masculinity bullshit all that stuff but well a bunch of pricks so <laughs> yes well in the porn no, industry literally yeah. yes uh so so yeah so that was that was learning to see things uh so big thing with the the the, the crime boss we, we, the crime war we know that there's been a few weeks since the fire and then one of one of rudy's places gets hit uh not, not the main one that bobby works at but one of the others uh, and the girl actually dies. One of the girls actually is left upstairs and, and burns to death. And this this kind of ripples out. Because I actually got really confused for a second because Bobby's at the hi-hat drinking about it. He's all sad and he's, t- he's talking to Victor. And I, I know in the past we've said, surely Abby doesn't know about what, what Vincent's up to or that he's, he's involved with that stuff. And I was confused at first because I thought, oh, maybe she does because she's standing right there with, with Dorothy and they're, they're, you know, they're 
mm. they're sitting there. Uh, but then Bobby starts to imply that, you know, because she, she knows about Bobby's into it. She knows Bobby works there and that's whatever, right? She's not happy about it, clearly, but, you know, it's, it's not Vincent. But then he starts to imply that Vincent should also feel guilty about it, as if Vincent shouldn't be on a high horse, that, you know, that he's not horse, horse, uh, that he isn't, um, you know, completely guilt-free. Uh, and, you know, Bobby tries to say, oh, I'll look out for the girls, you know, I give her a place to stay because she'd get kicked out of her apartment, so I give her, you know, take one of the rooms, you can stay there until you find a place, and so on. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's like, in, in his own weird way, he cares, but Abby's, like, giving Vincent the eye, you know, looking at him. And then, you know, later on, Vincent tries to arrange with Tommy to, hey, Black Frankie will give you the take now from the parlours. I want out of that. And Tommy's like, you want out? What? And then he gets distracted because Black Frankie points out this guy from the rival gang. He's like, hey, that that dude, you're looking for him. And really something. You knew something bad was about to happen. I, I thought it was going to stab him. Um, but he shoots, he shoots him in the head. He shoots him in the head. Just uh, really abruptly out of nowhere on, in the middle of the street. Really abruptly. And do you, know what, do you know what I liked about it? I liked how terrifying it was. It, it was this sudden horror where all of a sudden, like, Vincent's, like, terrified sitting in that seat. Um, and I it, it looked that, really know, violent. We're, we're going, oh, yeah, something's going to happen. But even knowing that, it still comes out of nowhere and surprises you. And that's what's scary about it. Like, that he just, he didn't even seem to snap. He just did it. Gun, gunshots There was all... no build-up. Gunshots are all like swearing. If you don't swear a lot throughout your entire thing, and then you drop one f bomb, that f bomb has a lot of weight to it. This is not a show where we've had like gunfights and we've had you know you know cops storming the streets and having having exchanges with criminals. Is this the first gunshot? It may be, and I think that's probably why it's so effective. Not not just because it's so brutal in the way the guy's head flies there's, back and there's, whatever, there's been but... very little violence as a whole. Actually, there's been a couple of key instances against some of the whores in season one. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of key instances, but they were they were you know spread out still, and then we had obviously Leon at the end of the season. Yeah, um, yeah, and we had we had CC at the start of the, the end of the first episode. Yeah, yeah, so we had that, and then and then at the and then we had the end of the season, start and end of the season. There wasn't too much just outright violence in the middle that I recall. Nothing, not that anything that really sticks with me. Hmm. So. Yeah, so it was a really good scene. It was really effective, uh, and it really changed the tone of the moment. It really just like okay, yeah. maybe maybe Vincent reconsider what you were about to ask <laughs> because it, it may not get be that happy. Because now it. this guy's terrifying and might just shoot you at any moment. Yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so and we know the cops are being t- uh, are assembling. You know, Goldman's whole task force. Uh, but I, I, and Alston's got no time for it because, as he points out, half those cops are on the take. Half those cops are already warning everyone. We already saw them warn them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, karate like, Hey, and... next Tuesday, we're coming in. Just clear out. Yeah, clear okay, out. Cool. Uh, make sure there's maybe some people to arrest in this one place so we can show something for it. But you know, everything's arranged. Everything's you know, okay. Collateral damage. Here's what we can afford to lose. Kind of. Yeah, thing. we we give up one place. We keep the other twelve. Whatever it. You know. Yeah. Hypothetically. It's like, yeah, everyone, you know, keep the cops happy. They get something. We, we, we're still fine. All right, we lose one. But yeah. Got to do it so often. So, so you've got that going, but you've got Abby, when he gets back home that night, Abby's lying there in bed. He's like, you know, I need to arrange a funeral because, you know, uh, Dorothy and the guy, Paul, not Paul, Paul's, Paul's the elder. Uh, I can't remember what that guy's name is. The guy that's with, with Dorothy. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, can't remember his, his name. name. I want to say Dave. But that might not be right. It, could, it just I mean, looks like a Dave. It's a shot in the dark, but <laughs> sure, Dave. <laughs> uh, but they, they go. They're actually looking for something else. They're, they're arranging their their, their 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 plan, their initiative to like you know help it with meds and things like that. But they they end up you know they got they have one photo of the girl because no one can ID the girl who died. They don't know her real name. She was known as uh, 
is a Kitty, I think. Kitty. Yeah. Yeah. And but they don't know what the, the cops have her as a Jane Doe. They don't know who she is. But they've got this photo and they, they try and find people from schools that might recognise her. They know where she came from, roughly. And sure enough, this girl recognises her. And they go to the the, 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 the girl's parents and the, the dad's like so like unrepentant. I mean, he, What's he, nothing to do with it. He, yeah. he calls Dorothy a whore for a start. Um, and then he's like, well, you're, you're a bit late to help now, aren't you? And, you know, and Dorothy, like after the door shuts, shouts through, hey, your daughter's lying unidentified in a morgue in New York. Like, go. Um, but you know, so he's he's already abandoned. Clearly doesn't. So I, I, again, it's this uh, this idea that she's fighting against like all this turmoil. Like you know, as hard as it is for her upstream battle to try and mm. change things, um, you know. So that that was a really hard hitting scene. Obviously, Vincent not outright admitting that he has some he has some involvement with the parlors. Um, even though Abby's clearly suspecting it, and of course we had we had the scene earlier on where he was kind of flirting with a photographer friend, and Abby kind of shows up knowing that may, something might happen, just to sort of remind both of them that she's aware of what's going on. Yeah, but then you know they, they, she mentions, "Oh no, we both got our rules." Like it implies that okay, they're allowed to certain degrees, but mm. maybe not with her friends. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm not quite entirely sure what the rules are anymore because, I mean, obviously the last time we heard them speak about any of this stuff was in season one, which was years ago in the story. So yes, I, I get the impression that if they have been doing anything recently, it's been a long time since they actually have... Like, maybe, like, yeah, they had those rules once upon a time, but over time it just kind of became a normal relationship without even Could saying well anything, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Because uh, it felt like there was some kind of jealousy and guilt kind of in those it scenes. Did, yeah. But, you know, at the end, it's like, that's not what it's about. Like, you know, what was Bobby saying? And he's like, no, he was drunk. I just want to make sure this gets done right. So we end the episode with this this kind of heartbreaking scene at the funeral where no one's there except Dorothy and Abby with Vincent and Bobby's father back. And they're in the rain. You know. Yeah, and we learn that the girl was underage as well. She's only 16. Yeah, yeah. We didn't... Which, and, and Bobby, you know, mentions earlier in the bar that, you know, when he couldn't remember his name, he's like, oh, she showed me ID. She was 19. Mm. But... Uh, you know, but I don't remember much more than that. Obviously, it kind of been, you know, that, I mean, it could have been a decent fake, you know, yeah. old, older sister, you know, it could have been anything. But, yeah, maybe Bobby's, very thorough. maybe Bobby's just not the best person to check ID. Clearly, he's not very good at it. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. But no, we, we end with a shot in the rain and Vincent's sort of guilt. Abby kind of known that he's guilty to some extent. She doesn't yeah. know how, how guilty he is, but he's standing there on the rain. And it's him walking away as the camera goes up. What I liked about it, it was very reminiscent of how the the final shot of I think the I think it was the second episode in season one. It was a very similar shot of him walking down the street and the camera kind of went up. Uh, was, oh, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of the same shot, but here they're in the cemetery and it's in the rain. And he's walking away. His yeah, hair's yeah. drenched, you know, soaking wet. Um, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Uh, so really sad ending. So that so when the bass kicks in at the end of this one, it's not like a f yeah moment. It's like a uh <laughs> the realities yeah, of the deuce yeah. <laughs> kind of sinking in here um yeah so no uh so i mean i think one of the things we were saying a lot in season one was the idea that eventually the regrets of the being a tie to the mob would come round, and this is maybe the first big sign of that where oh shit yeah and obviously now we know we're only getting three seasons I don't know if we spoke about that last week. I can't remember. Um, we did in the news. I don't know if we spoke about it on the dis review. Yeah, I don't mention on this. Obviously, it got renewed for one more season, and that's going to be it. So, you know, it's going to be a finite thing. They know where they're going. That puts this at roughly the halfway mark. 
It does, yeah. Assuming cause... that assuming that the third season is roughly the same amount of episodes again. Yeah. Um, I think that's interesting. It's like, okay, so halfway and now things are just starting to take a turn. That, that makes sense to me from a story perspective. It does, no. And it does, I mean, I think the whole thing does feel like one big story. I mean, as much as it was a time jump, it does just feel it's like... It's flowed so naturally, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, we, we have uh, a couple other little things. Of course, we have uh, Frankie... Uh, try to run the dry, dry cleaner. cleaners, yeah. failing miserably. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. still still with his wife, who's still a stripper. Um, yep. Okay, just re- reestablishes that stuff. Um, so that, that's cool. Um, we have one of the girls. Um, looks she, like she overdoses. Yeah, she yeah. she overdoses. Um, and yeah, so there's a couple of old plot beats here, or there from other plots that are kind of you know around. I say the same with Rudy, like you know him acknowledging, oh, we should probably retaliate about this. You know, I know when it will try and stay out the public eye, we should retaliate. Um, it 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 feels like season three could be an all-out gang war. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think that will be as much the focus. Because obviously, I think it'll still focus on our characters, but that's going on around them. But it'll be about yeah. how this affects them. Yeah, because yeah. uh, obviously, Paul as well is setting up his his new place. Um, lot of lot of uh, just basic, you know, wiring problems, plumbing problems, doing all these things. They're they're picking tiles for the bathroom. Yeah, the main thing here is, you know, uh, he gets told about how Rudy said to, to give him all the facts. Mm. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is it. He wants you to be informed. And, you know, it's like, oh, I make, make sure I'm aware. You know, it feels like that uh, underhanded threat. Underhanded threat so that he'll eventually say, you know what, okay, you can have a cut of this place. And Yeah, and I, I don't know how, how true that is because, I don't know, it would have been really easy for Rudy to just go, no, you got to do it through me. It felt genuine enough in the scene, but he's also a very high up mob boss, so he's obviously very good at what he does. So it, exactly, it, maybe it, maybe his plan is okay. No, he wants them to come to him willingly. Yeah, but it's the same with uh, Vincent's motives actually for wanting out of the parlors. Like, I'm not entirely sure if it's all guilt or if it's more about Abby finding out that he's involved. Like, is it a mix of both? Is it is it mostly guilt? Is it because if it's mostly guilt, then it's more genuine. If it's about being caught then it's, you know, not quite yeah, no, so... No, I'm going to go with it, it being to do with uh, to do with Abby, to be honest. I think it's not being caught because him, you know, not wanting to be the one, you know, collecting the take and doing that, that gives him distance. But that won't make him feel less guilty. Not really. He's still taking the money. Yeah, that's I think fair. it's about the, the, the just the, the deniability of, of involvement, almost. That's fair. Yeah, he doesn't like that the cops use him. Uh, when he's, he's on his way in yeah doesn't like that he's, he's been associated with this place at all um but it's all going to come back to bite him you know, got, got that oh feeling. yeah obviously we, we we've known that since the start absolutely um if we missed any characters i always feel like we miss characters because there's so many uh as well we should mention the, the whole the reason why the police station uh the police department's so willing to go along with goldman's plans and the city's plans is because it's connected to the mayor and because of that it's getting a budget so they're just looking at it as, uh, in fact, one of the cops even shouts out, welcome to the overtime train. They just want paid more. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Can't blame them. Yeah. It's not about they actually think, hey, if it'll work. It's just, no, no. We need a new coffee maker. This will get money in the department. So play ball <laughs> is basically the uh, Yeah, I'm, the I'm on their side. They don't care. They just, like, <laughs> well, we might as well. Yeah. Because I, I guess, I think, I mean, I get that Alston's kind of a bit more honorable in that. But at the same time, I don't know what he's going to accomplish by not being involved. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, it, it does because it, yeah. it's just, it's just a time waster, I suppose. Because it's not so much that because because often when this kind of dilemma comes up for characters, it'll be a choice of like either doing the good thing or doing the bad thing. But going along with this isn't actually a bad thing. This he just thinks it's a waste of time. He knows it's pointless. Yeah. That, that's it the, the 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 problem with it is that he could be doing something better something yeah. that is good rather than just indifferent as, a, as opposed to oh here's some you know dirty money to, to look the other way it's not like that at all he's, he's not like he wouldn't actually no, be they're doing actually it. trying to accomplish something they're gonna fail but they're yeah. trying yeah yeah and he just knows it's futile and it's like okay that makes a lot of sense but at the same time like you're not you wouldn't be doing anything bad if you did just go along with it you'd just be doing your job you wouldn't actually be involved in anything bad by doing it no if anything the only thing that can happen is they either it works and you know great they're they're a success Mm -hmm. or it fails and it was a waste of money that's it it's not they're not harming anyone yeah um but i guess that speaks to his character that he's he's not up for doing playing the game in that yeah, way. he's not up for just doing nothing and wasting the time. He'd rather be, you know, doing something proper and and using his time wisely and you know, going to helping someone else. And I think because obviously there's a lot of parallels to draw between this and then the initiative that the Abbey and Dorothy are kind of trying to enact for the girls. And you know, is that one? Does that one have more hope? Does that work better? Because in a weird way, it's kind of a mix between the idea that it's like a, a city-wide thing they're trying to do, but at the same time, it reminds me more of what Alston does in the sense that Alston sees more value in just taking the cases one at a time because he can personally help individual people as they come up, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what the the plan with, with Abby and Dorothy kind of is. They, they kind of want to be there for the, the girls and try and give them help and give them a support, support to get out of the life on their own. Um, yeah. But, but like I say, I don't think the police are doing anything wrong. They're doing the, the best they can. Well, except the ones who are dirty and actively working with the crime. Oh, sure, those ones. But I mean, <laughs> just the general, you know, the, the initiative as a whole and you know, what, yeah. they're do, the, what they're supposed to be doing, what yeah. they're being paid to do. Because uh, another, another big parallel we talked about a lot in season one, and I, th- I still think a lot of it's applicable, is the is the parallels between Vincent having a, having a business and growing that and it developing to, to Candy growing and developing and having a business, and even to an extent abby's journey of having independence and and growing what she's doing they're, they're all kind of growing into very new phases and arguably vincent's in the one that, that might not last because it is built on what it's built on yeah i think candy's smart you know we know she wants to do this this stuff without mob money she wants to get legit yeah and paul's the same right he wants to go legit uh it's it's whether or not they're going to get away with it essentially is is the tragedy the potential yeah, tragedy. I wonder if, they get dragged down anyway yeah i wonder if part of the tragedy of this is that vincent's going to be to blame for a lot of people not getting you know not achieving things because he's tied yeah. them all to something like this he's tied them all to the mob and because of that paul's going to go down because of that not candy because candy's very separate to that plot but um but we know a lot of the porn films are funded by mob money mm-hmm. yeah so i mean there is a there is a link still so hey, uh, but no, as per usual, solid episode. <laughs> Can't really fault fault much in it. Um, but yeah. that, that 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 was it. So let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel and the show and everything we do here, head over to patreon.com slash TV and you can do that over there. But otherwise, that is us. So thank you very much once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? Thank you.